1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. All right. So our sales down, our sales up, our prices too. With the numbers, Asif, what can you tell us? <laughs> so, you know, it, uh, for September, comparing to last September, we are down 18%, and that's a huge decline. But it was to be expected with the sheer strength of last September. In fact, the strength of the months from June to December last year, we knew that June to December this year would be somewhat down. And at 18%, that is a significant decrease. But looking at the picture, the bigger picture for the entire year, 2021, right now we're sitting at 97,012 sales year to date, and we still have three months to go. Last year for 2020, the entire year, so 12 months, we totaled 95,067 sales. So it's a, a huge increase this year just in terms of how strong the market has been over the first nine months. And why do you think this increase in sales? Is it just pent-up demand? It is pent-up demand, but it's also, uh, you know, we need about 60,000 new homes to hit the market every year in terms of, uh, you know, adding to supply, and and we haven't had that. So, you know, although demand continues to be strong, it is going to increase every year uh, unless there's an outside force that uh, derails it, but it's normal growth. Uh, Now, when you look at the number of people that have moved to larger homes, so they're selling their smaller homes or their condos and moving to larger homes, there's been a lot of move-up activity or move-down activity, and that's contributed to it. So people were no longer satisfied living where they were. So a lot of Canadians moved. And this is all domestic demand, remember, because our borders are closed. This is not foreign demand or, or people coming in from, uh, you know, other countries and driving price up. This is all domestic demand. People realizing that they needed something different uh, than what they had, and that contributed to two sales. So, you know, for every uh, every person that decides they need to upsize or downsize, that's two sales right there. So that's contributed to the heat of the market. And is it fair to compare, though, 2021 to 2020? We all know what happened then. It really isn't. But if you look at, uh, you know, basically we had a three-month break in 2020 and we have had nine months of sales right now. So when you're comparing apples to apples, you're pretty much comparing three, uh, you know, three less months of sales last year to three less months of sales this year. And we're pretty even. We're at uh, 97,000 compared to 95 last year. But what's going to be interesting is over the next three months, Tina, we have the opportunity to become either the second busiest year in Toronto Real Estate Board history or the busiest year in Toronto Real Estate history. And uh, my bet is on 2021 taking over top spot and becoming uh, the busiest year in Toronto Real Estate Board history. Okay, so I guess selling price goes hand in hand with that. What can you tell us about the average selling price? It sure does. So January 1st, 2021, the average price 
in the Toronto Real Estate Board was $929,636. Right now, we are sitting at $1,079,381, and that's year to date. So that's an increase of $150,000 almost. We're at $149,745. That's a 16% increase. So for everyone that was taking a back seat and saying, I'm just going to wait and see how this year plays out, prices are going to drop, people are going to be selling their homes, uh, you know, people are going to face job losses, that scenario didn't play into your favor. So that's $150,000 that you've lost in buying power and what you want to do is get into a home right away and and if you're looking i would not bank on prices dropping anytime soon Uh, you know you're just going to be throwing a lot of money away by waiting and is that average price for a detached semi-detached townhome condo that's the overall average price so when you're looking at detached detached or condos to condos you're going to see that uh they're relatively around the same mark. So they, they may be up about uh, 10 to 13%, which is a lot higher. Where a, a normal market or a healthy market, you're going to see price appreciation about 6%, 8%. So it is a little bit higher than a healthy price increase. But there has been a huge shift in the mix. So when you're looking at people selling off condos that are six or 700000 and buying a $1.2 million house, that's where average price is not a great indicator of how the market is doing. Because when you have shifts in the mix like that, it is going to skew the average price amounts, and that's going to make it look like things are really unaffordable when it's not that bad at all. So the average price is over a million bucks. What's your advice then to buyers who might be feeling discouraged, who feel like they can't possibly get into this market? So there's, uh, you know, it, uh, what you're going to pay for is the proximity to the downtown core. So if you're in Toronto and as close, the closer you get to the downtown core, the more you're going to pay. The closer you get to Vancouver, you're going to pay more. The closer you get to Montreal, you're going to pay more. But there's a lot of deals out there in surrounding areas, and it just depends on how far you want to drive and how much money you want to save because there are a lot of affordable areas out there still. Uh, There's people moving up north. There's people moving out east because that's what they can afford. And now with, uh, you know, Go Transit and Viva improving their lines and helping a lot of homeowners with their commute, people don't mind going a little bit farther. The other thing is people are moving farther because they're allowed to work from home now. So they're no longer looking at a 45-minute maximum commute or one-hour maximum commute, they're now looking at an affordable place to call home because they can work at home and they're no longer tied down to be within a certain perimeter. After the break, a market update, this time from CMHC. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. On the Market is back. I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's only radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. 
Thank you, Tina. Our special guest today is Bob Dugan, Chief Economist of CMHC. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Bob, there's a lot of talk about the strong demand and house appreciation causing some potential problems in the housing market. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, what that means from a CMHC standpoint. Oh, sure. Um, So, as you mentioned, there's been very strong house price uh, appreciation, and surprisingly so throughout this pandemic. Um, We've seen a very strong surge in demand over the past year, year, year and a half, where we're seeing, in particular, a lot of folks that are um, moving out of downtown urban centers in in, in Toronto and and, and Montreal, moving towards suburban areas, rural areas, and even smaller CMAs at a commuting distance, you know, made possible by things like remote working, that kind of thing. And so that surge in demand, though, hasn't been met by enough supply. And so that's really causing a lot of upward pressure on house prices. When you look at, you know, the most recent data for August, prices are up about 13.3% year over year. Uh, very strong. Uh, that's a little bit of relief compared to where they were at the peak back in back in March. We're seeing 42% year-over-year kind of growth rates in house prices in Canada. Um, that's calmed down to about 13.3%, but still very strong, running well ahead of people's um, you know income growth. And so fundamentals are just not keeping up with that pace. So that's creating some affordability issues for folks, you know, across the country. Yeah, and even in the GTA, we're looking at uh, a 16% increase in the average price from January 1st until September 30th, uh, which, again, it's it's not the 30% that we're used to, but year over year, that's about a $149,000, $150,000 increase in average price. And, and you're right, there's been a shift in the mix where people are uh, choosing to leave their condos and they want more space uh, either for a home office or for homeschooling. So we've definitely seen that. Is that right across the country? You know, where we're seeing that mostly is in centres around, uh, you know, in Ontario and Quebec and, and even out in eastern Canada. So not not so much in, in the prairies. Uh, we're seeing it to some extent around Vancouver as well, where you're seeing some of the price growth outside of the Vancouver area and some of the neighbouring communities. But the strongest impact seem to be in, in, in Ontario centres Quebec and, and, and further east, and that's where when you look at the most recent housing market assessment that we published late last week, where we're seeing a lot of the overvaluation and price acceleration is in some of these markets, so Hamilton, Ottawa, um, you know, Montreal, Moncton, Halifax, so folks are, you know, and, and it's sort of surprising, but yeah, that urban exodus is even included in places like Moncton and Halifax, where people, I guess, are betting on being able to continue remote working, but the real driver, I think, is folks wanting to have more personal space to, you know, enjoy the outdoors, you know, in case they're for their lockdowns, but also room in their home for a home office to homeschool their children and in the event that schools might close again. And so that's been driving a lot of demand over the past year. And, um, you know, we, we've seen a little bit of an abating of that move in recent months. Activity has moved lower, but we're still at very, very strong levels of, of, of existing home sales that have, you know, that other than, you know, last year when they were a little bit stronger at this time of the year, it, it's sort of the second strongest levels we've seen for, for the month of August, uh, you know, ever. True, and, and supply certainly plays a huge role in that. We are down just in the GTA market, we are down 49.4% in active listings uh, September over September, and that's contributed to, you know, the demand just remaining as as strong as ever. And we're looking at, in the greater Toronto area, this could be the busiest year on record. 
how do you attribute supply to this equation, and does that factor in in your uh, assessment of the market uh, possibly taking a step back? Well, it absolutely uh, factors into our assessment, and and you know we've done all kinds of research to look at the responsiveness of supply, and you know uh, we we talk a lot about the price growth you know since the start of the pandemic, but in places like Toronto and Vancouver, the supply issues go much further back, and 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 have been responsible for the price escalation that we've seen you know over the past decade or so, and so um, there's been you know in places like Toronto and Vancouver where they attract a lot of you know immigration, not through the pandemic, of course, but, you know, interprovincial migration, because Toronto and Vancouver are centres where there's a lot of employment, job creation, and so they tend to be centres that attract a lot of population growth, and when supply doesn't keep up, it leads, leads to runaway house prices, and that's why, you know, um, we've seen over the years in Toronto and Vancouver, you know, fairly consistent indications of price acceleration over valuation. Now, we don't consider Toronto to be, the over, be overvalued at the present time, um, but prices are increasing, and, you know, the overvaluation metrics are moving towards those thresholds where they could be signaled in the future. And Bob, for our listeners that aren't familiar with CMHC, what exactly is the role of CMHC in the housing market? Uh, And, you know, the scope goes beyond just helping with financing. But tell us a little bit about uh, what CMHC does. Well, sure. And then, so you mentioned financing. So, of course, many of your listeners may know that we provide mortgage insurance. And so that is if you have less than a 20% down payment for the, to make on your home, uh, you, you buy mortgage insurance, which is default insurance to protect the, the, the lender that, that gives you the loan or the mortgage loan. Um, but we also are very active in affordable housing and, and implementing some of the government programs in order to help increase the supply of housing to, to try to help make uh, housing more affordable. And so, in fact, our objective or our goal was that by 2030, everyone in Canada has a home that they can afford and that meets their needs. So we have a a, a real increased focus in recent years on trying to make that happen and trying to do, and, and in my particular area where we do the economic research and analysis, trying to sort of guide the, 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 the policy work towards the kinds of solutions that can really make a difference, and that's why the focus on supply, because as you can see during the pandemic, the kind of excess demand that we've seen where supply can't keep up, we've seen very strong price growth, and it's very difficult to deliver on an affordability, housing affordability mandate when prices are growing by 13 14% year over year, and so, and in some centers much quicker than that, and so it's very important to do something about increasing housing supply so that we can sort of slow down that great rate of house price growth and make it more uh, the, the housing market more accessible for more Canadians. It also means supply of rental as well. So we're talking about home ownership and house prices, but you know rental can be a challenge as well. During the pandemic, with less immigration, with m- more university students staying home and learning remotely, we saw a bit of an increase in vacancy rates. That could change very quickly as the pandemic sort of starts to recede, and we could see pressure in rental markets and rising um, rents as well if uh, the pandemic. So supply there is, is needed in, a, in an urgent way as well. And we're hearing a lot of stories in the news about uh, people stating that this market is vulnerable. How do you see this market and uh, do you agree with that? Well, certainly in our housing market assessment report that we published last week, we're actually coming out and saying that there's a high degree of vulnerability in the Canadian housing market right now because, because we're observing that 
price acceleration. We're seeing overvaluation. And so, um, and, and what that means is, you know, this high level of vulnerability means that, you know, as, as the housing market gets further and further out of line with fundamentals, you know, so things like people's income growth, mortgage rates, population growth, when the housing market activity and prices get out of line with the fundamentals that support the housing market, the risk of a, of a correction tends to increase. So when these vulnerabilities are small, the hope is that, you know, we can have sort of a soft landing scenario where price growth slows a little bit, fundamentals pick up, and it sort of closes the gap. But the wider these vulnerabilities get, the more risk Frankly, there is a, a possibly a house price correction, which can be disruptive to the housing market, disruptive to the economy. And so our goal with the housing market assessment report is to sort of get out there and warn people when we see imbalances and hopefully we're affecting people's behavior so they make you know, decisions that help resolve these imbalances rather than make them worse. And Bob, we're poised to have probably the, the best or second best years in Toronto Real Estate Board history. Uh, this year for 2021. As an economist, how do you see the last quarter of 2021 playing out? Well, we we are, we do actually expect housing activity to start to slow to, towards more reasonable or, or more sustainable levels. And and the, one of the key reasons for that is, well, we do expect mortgage rates to gradually increase. And we saw a little bit of that earlier this week um, when some of the the, uh, the chartered banks increased interest rates by about 20, 30 basis points, depends on the bank. But as we go forward, we expect some of these drivers of demand that were unique to the pandemic, you know, so like this urban exodus that I was talking about earlier, we don't think that that's, that we think that that's pretty much run its course and that's going to um, not be a big driver of housing activity next year. And so with that element of demand coming out, we do expect that sales will come down to more sustainable levels. That'll give a little bit better balance between supply and demand. And so whereas we're talking about, you know, 13-ish percent, price growth this year, we expect that next year that'll slow down and that price growth will be more in the range of about, you know, three and a half to four and a half percent, give or take for next year. So still very strong price growth, but nowhere near what we were seeing in 2021. And with that, in respect to what you said about demand softening, how do you see immigration playing a role in it? Because, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pent up demand on there out there and with uh, immigration coming in over the next uh, six months or eight months, do you see that balancing out, uh, you know, the, the softening of demand that you were talking about? I, I think the immigration aspect is one of the key risks to the housing market, and it's one of the things that I think underscore the need for supply. And I think, you know, here in Canada, uh, we, we have some fairly ambitious immigration targets um, for after the pandemic. Once, once international borders o- open and we can get a resumption of immigration flows, uh, you know, the Canadian government has some ambition tar- ambitious targets that sort of make up for some of the lost immigration that we would have otherwise gotten during the pandemic. And so it would be very important uh, to make sure that supply keeps up. So that means, you know, making sure, you know, immigrants tend to first settle in, in, in mental housing when they first settle in Canada with a movement to home ownership occurring, you know, in the five to 10 years after they, they get here. Now, that's an average, of course. Some some immigrants will come and buy a home right away, but that's sort of the typical behavior that we see. And so that could put 
pressure on rental markets in the shorter term, but in the medium term, if housing supply doesn't keep up, we could see that pressure spill over into house prices as well. So that's definitely a risk on the horizon that we keep track of and underscores the need to you know, increase housing supply in order to be able to welcome these new Canadians uh, with a place to live, but, you know, an affordable place to live as well. Great information. I'm going to get you to take out your crystal ball as we wrap up. And what do you think is going to happen in 2022? Are we going to get back to uh, normal levels or are we going to see, uh, continue to see an increase in not only sales volume, but price appreciation? So we think prices will continue to grow next year, but at a slower pace. So this year, you know, in August year-over-year numbers for Canada, prices were up about 13.3%. For the year as a whole, this year we expect price growth to be between about 10.5% and 14.5%. And next year we do expect that to slow to somewhere, you know, in the 3 to 4.5% range um, for next year. And the key reason for that is we do expect demand to slow somewhat uh, because there were some really strong demand drivers in 2020 and 2021 related to people, you know, leaving the downtown cores towards suburban, rural, and smaller CMAs because they, were, they could work remotely. Um, but as we move into next year, there's not going to be much of a uh, – that, that, that will largely run its course. We expect demand to move back to more normal levels. That will bring about better balance between supply and demand, and that's why we expect price growth to slow somewhat as we go ahead. The other thing that will help on the supply side is housing starts have been running at a very high level. And so in recent months, we've seen much more housing starts. That's going to help increase supply in the housing market as well and will contribute to the slower pace of price growth that we expect to see in 2022. And I think both buyers and sellers are looking forward to seeing more supply on the market. Bob, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we look forward to having you on again. You have a great afternoon. When we come back, your questions and the hot listing. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Sierra in Vaughan. She plans to purchase a condo as an investment property, but doesn't know anything about managing a rental. Asif, what's your advice? That's a great question, and, and there are so many people in the same boat, Sierra. So we uh, we do property management as well for our clients that uh, do purchase with us or we're renting places out for them. We also help them out with the uh, day-to-day property management, but there are so many property management companies that can assist you with that. It just depends on what you need. If you're just basically looking for a liaison to get the checks and deposit them, that's great. Usually with e-transfer now, that solves that problem. But if you're looking for someone that the tenant will be uh, you know, going to with repair issues or any type of problems, then the property management companies can step in and take care of all of that for you. Usually there's a fee involved, and it could be as little as $100 a month. It could be a percentage of the rent that they're charging. So you just have to do your homework on what you need and, uh, and be able to set up a company that way that will take care of that for you. 
Our next question comes from Thomas in Richmond Hill, and it's another condo question. Thomas owns a downtown condo this time and wants to know if now is a good time to sell. It actually is, Thomas. It is a great time to sell a downtown condo. The prices have rebounded now. Vacancy is coming down as people are moving back, just flocking back to the downtown core. Offices are back in. University students are back. Colleges are back. And it is a great time to be listing and selling a downtown condo. In terms of the price per square foot, Asif, what can you tell us? The new builds are now going for, it depends on uh, where it is, but, you know, we're seeing upwards of $1,800 per square foot, $2,000 a square foot in some of the really in-demand areas of downtown. Uh, other areas, you're looking at 1200 to $1,400 a square foot, and it really depends on the, the building that you're in, uh, where it is, what's around it, so we can always uh, take a look at the property and give you a better idea. And how does that price per square foot compare to the price per square foot in 905? In the 905, we're about $1,000 a square foot. There's still a lot of great deals at about $800 a square foot or so. So the 905 is generally much more affordable. Maintenance fees are less, and also you're you're also going to be looking at uh, parking spaces. And if you do want a parking spot, you know some of the condo buildings downtown are charging about $80,000 for a spot. Where in the 905, you can still get spots for about $30,000, dollars $35,000. $80,000 for a parking spot? For a parking spot, it's been incredible. That really is. Now, what about in terms of the age of the building? Does that make a difference in terms of the value of the condo? It really does, and it depends on what's covered with the building itself because there is some people that will, or some buildings that will include utilities or some of the utilities, and there's some buildings that uh, everything is extra. So it depends on the building itself, the age, what type of maintenance has been done, what type of reserve fund they have. All of these play into the final price point of that building because if there's major repairs coming up and the reserve fund is not enough to cover all of those repairs, that's going to affect the value of that unit. So you want to make sure you take care of all of that prior to listing your property just so that you have an idea of where it should end up. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? They can get me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Time now for the On the Market Hot Listing. Asif, over to you. You know, we're going to go to a starter home in Keswick, 128 Glasgow Crescent. It's a three-bedroom, three-bath home. It's at Ravenshoe and Leslie. It's right by the 404. And this home is priced just under $750,000. And get this, taxes are only $3,200 up there. So it's a great starter home. Beautiful kitchen, stainless steel appliances, a large outdoor oasis pretty much with mature landscaping, huge deck. You can work from there. You can entertain. It's a great property. Asif, one more time, the highlights of this three-bedroom property in Keswick. Again, three-bedroom, three-bath. It's a 20-by-100-foot lot. Absolutely gorgeous inside, and it has a huge outdoor entertaining area that you can use for parties or even as a home office in the warmer weather. 128 Glasgow Crescents is offered for 749900 and they can contact Thomas Woodward at 905-478-1101. 
If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.